what if my dad doesn't want me doing this? What if my dad thinks that Mm -hmm. I'm being disloyal? Mm -hmm. It's such a taboo subject. It's so stigmatized. What if I'm tarnishing his reputation? What if I'm um, tarnishing the family name or bringing shame upon his memory by going to the world and talking about this? So I'd have these conversations and I'd say to my dad, dad, just give me a sign. If you're, if, if there is such thing and this is true, please give me a sign that you're okay with this. Um, so I was so consumed that I was letting him down mm. by doing it. Well, hello and welcome to Music Helps, a podcast about the joyful explorations of the myriad ways that we can support well-being of you and your loved ones with the powerful tool that is music. So it's absolutely lovely to be with you here today, listener. Thank you for joining us. Uh, My name is Nina. I am your host and a musical activist, a music practitioner uh, and the founder of Musical Walkabout CIC. And if you want to know more about Musical Walkabout, just go go to our website, musicalwalkabout.com, or check us out on our socials. So I am just uh, beyond delighted to welcome you today to this conversation. I have the most excellent special guest to introduce shortly. And also, as you know, in season two, we're digging a little deeper into some particular themes. And today's theme is very close to my heart, and hopefully it will resonate with you too. We're going to be talking about music and mental health. And I will start by just saying that this is the tip of the iceberg. The conversation we're going to get into will be very beautiful, I'm sure. And more importantly, even than that, is that it starts a conversation with you. And I hope that we get to continue delving into this subject over numerous episodes in the future because it really is um, very important that we talk about mental health. And also, if we can support ourselves using music as well, then that's that's tremendous. So let's, before I introduce our special guest, let's talk about even just a couple of the positive neurochemical impacts that engaging with listening to or participating in music can offer us. So we know how we feel when we listen to music. It can be profoundly moving, it can bring us joy, and uh, and it can bond us with other people. And there are reasons for that um, on a scientific level. So when we listen to music, our brain releases dopamine, uh, the so-called feel-good chemical, and serotonin which plays a key role in such bodily functions as mood, sleep, digestion, to name but a few. Um, All of these impact our mental well-being. Serotonin mediates satisfaction, happiness, um, optimism, and those are vital tools in the path to improve mental health. So if you think about the idea of sharing music with even just one other person, let alone... I don't know, a crowd of relative strangers in an audience, that experience can have profound bonding effects. It promotes cohesion or connectedness and a sense of community. 
And these interactions can reduce a person's feeling of isolation. And we know that isolation can be one of the primary features of low mood, depression and anxiety. Um, there are numerous studies into this now. The research on using music as part of a toolkit of interventions to support mental health have been published for several decades now. Um, and it's a subject that continues to be studied because of its efficacy. Uh, I was reading a, um, a life science article recently and there was, um, there was a, a quote that I found really interesting. I saw uh, Jordan Vias-Lee, who's a psychotherapist and I think the clinical director of the Cove Clinic in London. He posited that music alone is unlikely to cure depression, but that it can act as an aid to recovery. And I think that really gets to the heart of what we're trying to do at Musical Walkabout and the purpose of this podcast and our staff training is thinking of music as an aid, a tool, something that you can draw upon and put into your well-being toolkit. So I think, um, I think our listener can probably agree that the effect or the effect of living with or being impacted by a dementia on a person's mental health and well-being can be potentially devastating and there is certainly no one-size-fits-all solution. We know that. We at Musical Walkabout advocate to always respect the individual, starting and ending with people's rights, their needs and their preferences and we also advocate that along that journey to doing your best to live well with a dementia, finding the courage and the support network to be curious about the many ways music might support the well-being of you and yours. So what does that mean and how does that impact us? Leave us a comment and, and let us know how music supports your mental health, perhaps. And I think this is a nice opportunity to bring in our excellent and inspiring special guest. So today we are joined on Music Helps by the mega person, Sarah Drage. So Sarah and I, well, we can get into how we know each other shortly, but... For your information, listener, Sarah is the creative director of Ethical Creatives. She is most recently a recipient of the BBC Local Radio Make a Difference Award for her work campaigning for social change around alcoholism. And I was so, so delighted to see her announcement this week that she has been appointed an ambassador for NACOA the National Association of Children of Alcoholics. She is an inspiring speaker, um, an absolute champion and uh, an advocate. So I would love to introduce to you all now, Sarah Drage. Sarah, welcome. Hi, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. It's such oh, a pleasure to be here. You are so welcome, Sarah. Uh, Sarah has been profoundly uh, helpful and impactful to musical walkabout over the last 18 months um, through her work as a, a business advisor through um, different channels and I just want to uh, I just want to say we wouldn't be in the position we are right now without Sarah's support 
and advice and guidance. So this is uh, this is for me a absolute delight, and I'm really mm. um, so I'm so honoured to dig into this really important question of music and mental health. So can you kind of talk a bit more about those those things that I just uh, introduced? As, as strings to your bow, perhaps ethical creatives and your work with Nakoa? Yeah, of course. So, wow, where do I start? Mm-hmm. So, well, I suppose it all started when I lost my dad, Steve, in 2017 to alcohol use disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I distinctly remember being in that hospital setting and we switched off his life support machine and I knew that there was two directions that I could go down. I knew that I'm very much my dad's daughter. And at the time I was struggling um, really um, significantly with anxiety and PTSD. Um, And I weren't talking about it because, you know, the stigma attached to mental health at the time was a sign of weakness. And I didn't want to I didn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But I also recognized that the reason my dad drank was because he had depression and PTSD and anxiety. And he used to tell me I drink to forget. That's what he used to say to me. I drink to forget. Um, And he sadly got caught up in a cycle of another kind of stigma, which was addiction. Um, And I knew that I could either go down one road where I would inevitably probably end up like my dad. Mm. um, Or I could make a difference, make a change and let his death be a catalyst for positive change. Fortunately, I decided on that route. Mm. Um, And he inspired me to set up a Facebook group that initiated conversations around mental health. Um, And that's what I did. I set up a group on Facebook called Warrior Kind, where we spoke about um, honest, honest experiences about what it was like living with a mental illness or um, just real conversation, you know, to just break down those barriers, break down those stigmas so more people could feel empowered to ask and seek support. Um, And that kind of evolved into a CIC. It evolved into some campaigns on social media. Some went viral. And my role evolved into business support and business advice part-time for Social Enterprise Kent. Um, And then I learned a lot about business and a lot about social media, um, which um, took me to my next role in Ethical Creatives um, as the co-founder and creative director of a content creation company. We create um, social media campaigns and content creation and mix it with business support and advice um, in an ethical way. Because social media, you know, the social yeah. media has its social media effect. And I've learned a lot in my time of advocacy and campaigning about what works well on social media. Um, and at the time, uh, and alongside that, God, I've got so many strings to my bow, haven't I? Alongside <laughs> that, I, um, I have an Instagram um, account where I advocate against the stigmas attached to alcohol addiction. Mm-hmm. I've done a TED talk about the stigma attached to alcohol addiction. And I run this account where I just speak really openly and honestly about my dad, about what it meant for us as the family members living with a loved one with alcohol addiction. And I spoke honestly and authentically. Um, I spoke about things that probably landed me into a little bit of not trouble as such, but, you know, Mm. I had to admit to some things that weren't very nice to admit to. Yeah. Um, And 
people found that quite difficult to hear and it didn't paint me in a very nice picture but I feel like being really true and authentic and raw about it it's my truth and I I needed to share that because Mm. I know I'm not the only one that felt that way so for instance I talk about feeling relieved when we lost him because I didn't have to worry about him anymore and I didn't he weren't suffering anymore Mm. um and they're they're difficult things to talk about and really laying myself out vulnerably was tough or it is tough it's very tough actually um and sometimes I wish that I didn't have to do it and sometimes I wish that you know I've got two children and a husband and Mm -hmm. I sometimes think oh wouldn't it be nice just to not have all of this pressure and stress and just work somewhere and come home after and not have to worry but I feel I cut from a a different cloth mate yeah yeah I I feel like a purpose yeah it is my purpose and I feel a responsibility to make a change and to make a difference because people aren't having these conversations Mm -hmm. and they're difficult conversations and they're conversations that challenge people and they're conversations that people don't necessarily want to have Mm. um but they alleviate the mental strain and shame that we attach to uncomfortable emotions and and feelings oh I cannot even begin to tell you how many messages that I get Mm. from people privately um letting me know that they feel the same thank you for sharing it's validated what I'm going through um so they're, they're tough conversations, but they need to be had, right? And I strongly believe that. And I strongly believe, you know, my TED talk was around the stigma attached to alcohol addiction. I, I genuinely believe stigma killed my dad. Mm-hmm. He was stuck in a vicious cycle of stigma. He, he told me that he was embarrassed to ask for help. He told me that he was ashamed. He told me that he'd done it to himself. Mm. Um, he was physically dependent on alcohol and he needed it to survive. Like we yeah. need water, but without yeah. that... Um, empowerment and that feeling like he could go to the hospital or go to his doctor he weren't going to get better and he needed that support and bearing in mind he'd come from a generation where talking about mental health was a taboo subject so he didn't want to talk about it um and I when we when he was in hospital I really kind of was brought into that level of stigma I understood Mm. why he didn't want to be there you know we had clinicians rolling their eyes and shaking their heads at him wow and I used to get so angry because I used to think alcohol isn't the only substance that is toxic and causes disease you know what Mm. we eat what we smoke our lack of exercise all of this you can't have the attitude that my dad self-inflicted this and not apply it to other self-inflicted illnesses if we're going to be really technical about so it, it kind of sparked something within me um and that's why I talk like I do on um, social media and I've developed quite a platform and quite a voice. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I one day would like to hand the reins over to somebody else. It's something sure. that I've learned so much about how to create strong messages and strong campaigns on social media. I want to teach more people to do the same because I don't believe that I'm going to be able to make all the difference needed to no, eradicate we have the stigma. to we have to create an army of advocates yes. in our mission yes exactly Absolutely. that exactly yeah. that it is an army of advocates that need to be talking about it and i want to be able to encourage people to do the same as me encourage people to have bigger platforms than me to get out there and yeah. really really talk about stuff and break down these stigmas and these barriers mm. um so that's beautiful work mate that's really thank you it's Thanks. profound and and necessary 
And I understand that sense of responsibility as well because uh, it's a, a part a part of uh, leading an initiative like that does um, does require a level of um, like compassion, but also that sense of uh, ownership initially mm. of of a mission, and then as you were saying, like bringing more people into that world, the ability to hand that off to to relinquish some of that control and uh, or or not control but relinquish some of that ownership to new voices and and bring more people in and it's so necessary we can't do everything us you know we're not an island and that in itself can be isolating so you know a beautiful trajectory that i you know, you find yourself on right now. I'm so, I'm so inspired uh, to hear you speak about this stuff. I'm really interested to also know how music plays a role in your life, in the the world that you have created around this advocacy. So, can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, of course. So, I would say probably one of the biggest moments of my advocacy, and something that really kind of propelled my journey on social media was my TED talk. Sure. I didn't have the confidence to come out and, um, you know, TED are one of the biggest platforms in the world for public speaking. And when I was approached, I didn't feel like I was academic enough or qualified enough to get up on TED and talk about my idea. Some friend of mine knew what I thought. It was like this revolutionary idea. Stigma killed my dad. And I was so passionate or am so passionate about it. And she said, you need to do a TED talk need to apply apply to TEDx Folkestone um and I left it for ages I'm not doing it I don't want to do it um and eventually I come around to the idea and I did it literally like 48 hours before it was <laughs> deadline <laughs> submitted the application um, and it got picked up and um so music played a big part in that because I had writer's block hmm. writing writing a TED talk I knew why I wanted to do it and I knew where I was coming from um and I played so what I used to do was um play Fleetwood Mac Mm. a song on Fleetwood Mac called Sarah which is what my dad had played on local radio when I was born and it was a song that he used to play for me when I was a baby so I would play (laughs) this makes me really emotional so I would play Fleetwood Mac whenever I wanted to feel close to my dad and get inspiration for writing the song and it was always that song Sarah um it made me feel closer to him it made me feel connected to him um and I remember once and I didn't tell anybody I was doing this um and this like you must excuse me if I sound like I'm gonna start talking a bit woo-woo because (laughs) I'm not I'm very open-minded but I even I'm in the middle of stuff like this but sure I didn't say anything to anybody. I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. And I'd sit in the car and I'd put Fleetwood Mac Sarah on or I'd put it on at home. And I talked to my dad. I'd say, because it was a big part of me that felt like, mm. what if my dad doesn't want me doing this? Sure. What if my dad thinks that mm-hmm. I'm being disloyal? Mm. It's such a taboo subject. It's so stigmatized. What if I'm tarnishing his reputation? What if I'm um, tarnishing the family name or bringing shame upon his memory yeah. by go into the world and talking about this so I'd have these conversations and I'd say to my dad dad just give me a sign if you're if if there is such thing and this is true please give me a sign that you're okay with this um 
because I was so consumed that I was letting him down mm. by doing it um and never told anybody didn't tell anybody about the song like just didn't just didn't yeah just didn't it was a personal thing it's between me and my dad so when I did the TED talk I bearing in mind I don't know if you've heard Fleetwood Max Sarah it's about five minutes long mm. I've never heard it play on radio ever never <laughs> heard Sarah play on radio like yeah I, I'm just not um I did my TED talk at 12, 12 o'clock, did my TED 12 o'clock during the day. And as soon as I come out, I opened a text message from my mum and she said, <laughs> she went, I don't know why, but I felt compelled to text you this. I've just heard Sarah by Fleetwood Mac on the radio. And it's a song your dad had played on the radio when he was born. Oof. And at that point, I knew, I was like, oh my God is that a sign? Is that him? Like, is he saying it's okay? Cause it was played exactly the same time I did my talk and my mum's just randomly messaged me that. So music and connection for me and inspiration, that's, that song helped me write that talk. Mm. And it was that talk that propelled me into this advocacy work and this campaigning. Um, and I still listen to it. When I want to feel close to him, I still listen to it. It makes me feel close. It makes me feel connected to him. It makes me feel um, inspired yeah. and happy. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think that's so powerful, right? Whether it's true or not, whether it might be a huge coincidence or whether it's my dad it doesn't from beyond. Matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The, the fact of it is enough. It's a, yeah. And also it's power to move you and to support you and help you to move through grief and and into advocacy is that's an extraordinary and thank you so much for sharing that like very powerful and emotional story Sarah I'm always um I'm always very uh, moved by your courage to speak up about all of these subjects but also about your own mental health and championing creating you know this space for us to talk about these difficult things so I'm, I mean, that also, that is a beautiful song. It's a, such a yeah, beautiful great, song. It? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it could have been Agadoo, but it wasn't. It was yeah. something <laughs> absolutely, yeah, so, so connected and so, so deeply uh, woven into your, the fabric of your family and your life. And that's, I think also that's part of the power music has, isn't it? To, we identify... Oh, yeah. Yeah. certain songs with certain people and that never uh, that can go through its own revolutions of being challenging sometimes but also it, it is ultimately usually a salve a balm something that we can use to you know to like you said to feel connected to a person that we've lost it's a very uh, a, a beautiful and simple message as well if if there is a, you know, if there are any listeners who feel similarly about songs, then please share them with us. But also, if you haven't got a song like that, you can start those connections. You can share music with your loved ones and start to make those bonds now. It's never too late. Um, I want to ask you um, 
about is there like a, a musical tool or maybe a musical goal that you uh, might have already smashed or maybe uh, one you've got on your horizon or, or perhaps a musical tool something some way that you engage with music or, or something that helps you when you you need to access that musical support I used music actually and I created a campaign for um, mm. that mapped out the contradictions around alcohol use within society and I was trying to get a point across that you know we're encouraged to drink we go out and about you're it's almost expected have a drink just have a drink just have a drink mm. if you don't drink and you're boring or mm. um I always get t- told oh you're not drinking are you pregnant um <laughs> wow. but then when you go too far it's stigmatized and it's all oh, you're you're disgusting and you're self-inflicted so I wrote this poem and I put a video to it and I knew the music weren't powerful enough with Mm. the poem. Sure. But this poem, it's almost like a track. It was me, it weren't me singing, it was me speaking, but it needed music to go above it to really kind of Mm. draw in on the emotion and draw in on the power of the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Um, And a friend of mine, a musician, um, He's in a band called Tova. They're absolutely amazing. Um, and I mess, I sent it to him and he's part of the sober community. And I said, can you do anything with this? Like, what can you, can you make this sound better? Because I don't, I don't know how sure. to make this sound good. Um, and he did, he come back with this amazing um, piece of music to go over it. And um, it went viral. Yeah. And it was, I've, attribute it so, yeah the power the words are powerful but the music made that powerful mm. like and it really landed home with people mm-hmm. and it really kind of sent a message and sent a strong message um and I think that a huge contributing factor to that was the music mm. um another thing is I actually I actually used to be a singer yeah you did in fact yeah you I are did. yes I still am a singer Pipes. I still sing but I used to, um, and it's really sad actually, because I would say when I stopped singing, when I, because I felt I had a little, my eldest, my little girl, she's, she's 11 now, but I was only 22 when I had mm-hmm. her. So I was barely 21 when, or barely 22 when I got pregnant. Um, I was still at university. I was in a band and I stopped singing um, and I stopped the band and, mm-hmm. you know, ventured on this being a young mum. And, I, when I put down the microphone, I lost my identity. Yeah. And it kind of triggered a mental health crisis. For sure. So throughout my entire, like throughout my 20s, I didn't feel like I had a purpose. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I um, knew who I was. Mm-hmm. And when I picked up the microphone again recently, I remembered how therapeutic I found singing and music mm-hmm. and how it brought me into a place it, it really did it hit those dopamine levels just spiked yeah. and I'm skin and I'm enjoying it and it's your creative expression um, yeah, exactly that exactly that and I missed and I realized then how much I missed it and how much I missed music mm. and how much of a big part it had to play in my life so there are times if I'm really feeling like you know I want to relax or I want to chill the, I mean, I have, I'm neurodiverse, I have ADHD, so mm-hmm. I can't sit still very long. So I'll pick up the microphone and I'll just sing. Yeah. And I'll 
just sing to anything that I'm like the mood that I'm feeling and I'll just sing to it and it does inspire creativity it inspires mm. um it inspires connection it inspires me to think outside the box on what other campaigns yeah. can I do next and what song is going to inspire the next campaign so I, I do it. take inspiration like yeah that. that's beautiful um and also I've heard you singing I'm sure I have on <laughs> Facebook I want to say and pipes lady absolutely beautiful do more yes please oh, thank you. so great um I think this is a lovely opportunity for us to Bring out the musical I love this. This is amazing. <laughs> so I remember when you had I this know. in design concept. And it's so lovely to see it. It is is so exciting. I, I every time I pick up the musical idoscope, uh, I I get a little thrill. And it's still in its developmental <laughs> stages. Where this is prototype number two. Um, but yes, for our listener, this is essentially a wheel of fortune that has some categories, and it's essentially just a way to invite people into musical conversations and then musical explorations. So I'm going to spin the wheel. I'm going to spin the musical idoscope for Sarah uh, as we are remote. You're in a different town to me right now. And wherever it lands, <laughs> you can let me know uh, what that means to you and what sort of music it evokes and experiences. So here we go. That was a good spin. Oh, it has landed on moods and vibes. Wow. Oh, that's so this can, you can interpret any of these categories in ways that feel right for you. But I uh, certainly would, you know, go for what sort of musical mood are you feeling in the mood for today is one way I might couch that. Or what musical mood, you know, gets you up in the morning, however you want to interpret it. So what does musical moods and vibes mean to you? So if I want to feel a vibe, a certain vibe mm. when it comes to music, I've got quite an eclectic mm -hmm. um, playlist of music that I would listen to. And it might be music through the decades yeah. to feel closer to childhood. So I absolutely love listening to the 90s yeah. chart toppers. Whoop, whoop. Like any, anything from the 90s just takes me back to being a kid and <laughs> I love it I just absolutely love it and if I'm feeling nostalgic mm -hmm. like I'm in a nostalgic mood and I want to feel like I'm 10 again then I'll listen yeah. to something from the 90s <laughs> um or if I'm again if I'm feeling like a, a vibe of oh, I just miss my dad I want to feel connected to my dad then I'll play some Fleetwood Mac mm -hmm. um or the Eagles, I used to love the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac and yeah. anything like that. What music I do love... you use to relax to? Ah, uh, so I love Lana Del Rey. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I feel she's very moody. Mm. She's very, like, she's almost become quite mainstream now, isn't she? But I loved Lana Del Rey from, like, the moment she came out. Mm. absolutely loved listening to her stuff, like, all of her stuff. I just loved the vibe, yeah. the... Um, yeah, this, it's just, that makes me feel really, yeah, like, dark, passionate and inspires that creativity in me. Oh, I do like Billie Eilish as well, yeah. so I quite like those. Yeah, those, quite, my, my girls will always say to me, Mummy, why do you always listen to sad, depressing music? <laughs> 
oh, I think it it's may not be that it releases. has meaning. <laughs> yeah, and it releases something, doesn't it? Let, allows us to let something yeah. go, perhaps. It's amazing. And then though. I can go from one extreme to the other. Like if I'm feeling really like energetic, mm. I could listen to drum and bass yes. and listen to. Um, what is it? Kid is in the jungle. I've forgotten the name of it. But it's like Kid is in the jungle. <laughs> oh, there is sort of nothing like, like drum and bass to get you dancing as well. Proper fist. Yeah, I don't look like drum and bass. You wouldn't look at me. But um, that's the thing, though. It's always surprising. Exactly that, isn't it? But it's such an eclectic taste, and mm. the stuff. Loads of stuff in between. Um, That's great. Yeah, I think music's powerful, isn't it? It's powerful. Absolutely. Let's spin again. Oh, where's it going to land? Oh, it's landed on That's Showbiz. (laughs) Oh, okay. I know where this takes me. Oh, go. Tell me. So I used to go, when I was um, 13, I attended Showbiz Academy of Performing Arts. Amazing. I went there until I was 16, 17. My little girl there goes there now oh, and I did musical theatre and absolutely loved it. Anything showbiz and yeah. um, there's no business like show business. Yeah. That's what it takes me to <laughs> Oh, and I love that I song. danced around to when I was little and yeah. I, when I was really into the musical theatre side mm. of things. So show business. Um, that's what it takes me to all, all the musical theatre songs tell me musical. What, which musicals were you into are you into I sing um I used it was my I was known for it um all that jazz from Chicago yes mate it's absolutely Quality. that one was my song I could I would be like give me the mic yeah that was my song um Oh, I love that. that. I know him so well, yeah. Barbara Streisand. Beautiful. And, uh, Elaine Page. Yeah. So, yeah, I used to, that, all of that. But that's what showbiz, yeah, showbiz. Oh, I love it. Route. I was heavily into musical theatre as a kid as well. And it was all about, like, Phantom and Cats for me. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then, like, the Disney musicals kicked off. And I remember like one Christmas being given The Little Mermaid on VHS by an aunt and uncle and being like, "Ah, what is this tat? I don't like Disney musical. And then like playing it and living in that whole world for the next like two (laughs) years until Beauty and the Beast came out. Um, It's such an amazing, uh, I I presume you've been in uh, opportunities to be in musicals in the past because it's such a oh my god it, um like do you f- find like that uh bonding experience of putting on a show is just so moving and uh I can't it's almost hard to describe but it become like those the cast and crew be kind of become your family for a, a period it. of time it's yeah. so exciting that's it's adrenaline it's exciting it's just it's magical isn't it and now I get to watch my little girl do exactly the same and every time I go and watch one of her shows like recently she did one and 
there was a song from Fame, mm. and she had exactly the same part and the same lyrics that I had. Oh, so I watched her do it, and oh. it was like, oh my god, it's like 2004 all over again, and it's oh. me, and now I'm watching her do it, and it was, I just cried, That's like, beautiful. and it just invoked again so much like connection there, and so much mm. memory and um, nostalgia. It was yeah. just absolutely beautiful. So now I love it. I I loved being in them. Yeah. And I'd love to see them again when I've got some time, you know, when yeah. I'm not so busy campaigning. Absolutely. I might, I might join my local Amdram, you know. Totally. But, um, so good the, um, for the soul. It really is. I think but watching uh, my daughter is amazing. Yeah. I, well, that's that's powerful. The meaning yeah, yeah. in that as well. So lovely. Um, I think Amdram is such a, a absolutely legendary world of connection and like commitment I've been to like some of the best shows I've been to have been put on by amateur companies and it's always like completely exceeds expectations and just like brilliant performances so yeah if you're a listener out there not sure if you should join your local amdram or get involved with a, a musical they're putting on do it it's so beautiful it's so worth doing. Let's spin one more time, Sarah. Here we go. Pew! And it has landed on genres and styles. So we already know you're a bit of a D&B girl. What else? <laughs> um, what else would surprise you? Um, what genres and styles? Oh, okay, 80s. Yes. Love 80s and I am are we I, talking like Madonna or what Madonna Wham yes. um yes who else is my um who else we've got uh, the yes Sinead O'Connor oh my nothing god um Wham was my favorite mm. loads what's the one don't you want me baby love that one don't you me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh god there are so many cracking yeah. tunes from the 80s it's it's Loved like much it. maligned after the fact but actually banging i mean we we're a big eurythmics uh family uh, and then yeah. just what about Lennox. erasure as well erasure, erasure. yeah oh gosh I'm holly sorry. johnson there were so many beautiful beautiful bands back in there banana rama oh my god um, yeah, and then sort of moving out of 80s into the 90s. Do you remember Shakespeare's sister? They were like yeah. absolutely banging. That, the 80s, mate. So where have you like been able to share the 80s music with your kids? Are they up oh, for yeah. that? When I, when I turned 30, the theme was 80s. Yes. <laughs> they, lo they love the 80s. In fact, my girls, they love all the old school um, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Love all the music. Um, they love Stranger Things. That's set in the eighties, but that's not eighties. But they love um, things like um, Ghostbusters, The Goonies, yes. um, all the old eighties films where they just and they love it. They they go, God, the eighties and nineties was so cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I think actually you raise. I think Stranger Things is the reason for this, like acceptance of the 80s nostalgia and and it's it's like uh culture because i remember there was a period like maybe 10 years ago when no kid was interested in the 80s like that was old 
passe, weird. And it's sort of, I think something like Stranger Things is so popular and so brilliant and vibrant and really captures the essence of the 80s. But also, I guess it gets to that point where it's far enough in the past. It's like the 70s for my generation is like, oh, that's really, that's cool and hip now because it's it's yeah. there's enough distance between now and then that's so cool that your kids love the the 80s music as well oh, good on do. them they, they really do we were we um oh what was it oh my goodness i've got to say the film now the um turn around yes never ending story mate and and i'll tell you the other one my kids love and my husband plays it on piano and they sing it. Kate Bush running up that hill. Yeah, beautiful. They love it. It's My daughter says, oh, it's my favourite song. I love that one. Oh, so, that's some yeah. really good taste you're promoting in your family there, Sarah Drage. Oh, they, they love eight, 80s and nuts. So the thing at the moment, so you'll, you'll be impressed with this as well. So she loves Queen. Oh, get in. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, husband yep. plays it on piano and she does the whole um, Galileo, Galileo. Wow. Kind of <laughs> loves it. And then she loves um, Kate Bush running up that hill. And her other one, which she's absolutely committed to mm -hmm. and learning at the moment, is My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Oh, big power. So they've seen Titanic yeah. then. Oh, love it. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. They love, if anything, 80s and 90s. But then I love, I'm a real film geek. Yeah. And I love 80s and 90s films. I just, I sound like when I always used to say, I hope I never get to that age where I go back in my day. But no, but I am, also. I'm back in my day. They don't make films like they no, used to make no. back in my day. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was like Last of the Mohicans for me. And the music oh, yeah. from Last of the Mohicans as well is like yeah. too much. Oh my gosh. Well, I need to come, I need to get invited to movie night at the Drage household because it sounds like it's also a complete <laughs> knees up. It sounds brilliant. Oh, it, we, we, we go through some old classics here. We love them. Yes, Absolutely love mate. them. They don't make films like they used to. So No, they um, don't. They also don't like make films the right length anymore. All films are like three hours long. They need to be a tight 90 and that's the end of it. Yeah, that's they it. They knew that that's in the, the 80s and 90s. <laughs> now, I absolutely want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, Sarah Drage, for joining us on music helps today it's such a delight to talk to you it always is but i'm really so excited to share news of your work with our listener and also i would love you to let us know how can our listeners find you online where can we go to learn more about what you're up to and how can people get involved yes yeah, so um you can i'm um on instagram so it's sarah with a h underscore drage mm -hmm. and i'm also on facebook i um advocate and campaign a lot for nakoa so the national association for children of alcoholics so mm -hmm. if you're affected by a loved one's drinking or maybe um you might be affected with addiction yourself maybe in some way mm. then do get in touch because i have a wealth of resources mm. and places where i can signpost people um or even if you just want to listen to other people or myself talk about stuff that's very real yeah. and very relatable, um, then yeah, just let just get in touch and let me know. Amazing. And also ethical creatives, if you are out there needing help with your 
your social media campaigns and your approach to all of that and wanting to be more ethical in the workplace, then please go and visit their excellent site. You're providing such a like, really necessary service with that with that company yeah that's ethicalcreatives.co.uk um so yeah do get in touch but that's really it's um important to me that we support organizations uh, in an ethical way and you know social media gets a lot of bad rep but mm. there's a lot of good that could come from social media and um, done in the right way yeah and there is there's a, there's a knack to it um yeah. so yeah do get in touch Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, mate, not at all. It's it's such good. It's such good work, and and I think you know the more we can all do to promote that uh, safe and ethical way of interacting with social media, the the better world we will live in. I think. Um, so, yeah. you excellent person. Thank you. I can't wait to actually have a couple with you in person. It's been oh, a billion years. <laughs> I thank you so much as well thanks for having me on and it's so lovely to see a pleasure I, I remember when this podcast was an idea oh, and no. it's so beautiful to see it and the the yeah the all of it it's amazing so thank you for having me on oh absolute pleasure mate wouldn't be here without you um I want to also express some thanks to our listeners thank you for tuning in today it's always great to hear from you and if you want to hear more from us at Music Helps then show your support for the podcast and what we're doing by liking rating reviewing subscribing all of those things that we maybe take for granted about how to interact with podcasts but it really helps it makes such a massive difference to us and also sharing your voice so leave us a comment tell us how music helps you do you have a suggestion for uh, a future episode or a guest that you'd like to hear us talking to then let us know we'd really love to hear your thoughts about that stuff um you can follow at musical walkabout on facebook instagram twitter linkedin and youtube uh, to get involved with our staff training then just visit the website and go to our music helps page and you can book in a free introductory chat with me to explore how we can support you and we can help you bring more musical solutions to your working environment so uh, i would love you to play it forward and share this podcast with a friend or a music buddy i love those music buddies and help us to uh, keep spreading this message I hope you join us next time and uh, together we will discover more ways that music helps. So, Sarah, we're going to sign off. I'm going to say toodles, but you can say whatever you like, but let's give the listener a bye-bye. Excellent to speak to you again. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much and thank you everyone for listening. Wonderful to be here. Toodles! discussed on Music Helps is for educational purposes only and expresses the individual opinions of Nina Clark and Musical Walkabout and should not be construed as personalised medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your GP for any medical issues you may be experiencing. This entire disclaimer also applies to any and all guests and contributors on the Music Helps podcast.